Hi, this is John. And today on Theocast, Justin and I are going to be interacting with John's verse when he says that the Spirit will lead us into all truth. Does that mean all we need is our Bible and the Holy Spirit and we can come to the true knowledge of everything that is written in God's Word, to the accurate understanding? Is that what John meant? And if it's not, then how should we interpret that? So it's a lively conversation. We talk about history, the importance of looking at all of God's Word, the importance of the church, and specifically the power of the Holy Spirit in the believer's life and in the life of the church. We hope you enjoy. If you'd like to help support Theocast, you can do that by leaving us a review on iTunes and subscribing on your favorite podcast app. You can also follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Plus, we have a Facebook group if you'd like to join the conversation there. Thanks for listening. Welcome to Theocast, encouraging worry pilgrims to rest in Christ. If you want to know what the point of our podcast is, well, we seek to clarify the gospel and claim the purpose of the kingdom. John, I like how you did that. You like that? You spliced all it together. That's you... right. We're going to give this to you a, pr- a perspective from a reformed, confessional, and definitely pastoral. And your host today are Justin Purdue, pastor of Covenant Baptist Church in Asheville, North Carolina. And I am John Moffat, pastor of Grace Reformed Church in Spring Hill. Tennessee. And today is a double dip day. So we're doing our second episode. We are hot and fired and coffee ready. And so I'm just going to say, Justin, let's go do this. Um, one one, one little announcement. Uh, please continue to pray for Grace Reform Network as we yeah. continue to build that. And secondly, if you have not listened to our new free podcast called Everyday Grace, it's five days a week, three minutes of the gospel from sermons and podcasts. You can just subscribe on YouTube at a different YouTube channel than this one and also on any of your favorite podcast app. All right. Advertisement's done. Justin, today's, I'm excited about today. Today's a good one. It's spicy. As Mike McGrath says, it's Pisces. It's Pisces. You've seen the title. The Holy Spirit or the Spirit will lead you into all truth. That's a quotation from John's gospel. And many people quote that verse and the way that they use it is interesting. When we talk about growth in the faith or we talk about growing in our understanding or growing in our knowledge of the truth, people will say, like, yeah, I I have the Holy Spirit and I have the Word of God, and that's all I need. And the thing about that is it sounds really holy, sounds really godly, and sounds really pious and reverent even. Sounds safe. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, well, how are you going to argue with that? (laughs) And uh, again, the Holy Spirit will lead us into all truth, but just not the way that you think. Not the way that we have been taught to think, at least, in the modern evangelical context, where it's very individualized, and it really is like, I've got the Spirit, and I've got the Word of God, and I'm good to go. Mm -hmm. So today's conversation is about the Holy Spirit and truth and growth and knowledge and understanding and growth in the faith and growth unto maturity and all those good things. The Holy Spirit will do that in all of the saints. Praise be to the Lord's name. Mm -hmm. And he's going to do that in particular ways. And go ahead and just, you know, dead giveaway here, disclaimer, we're going to be looking to the scriptures and we're going to be using the scriptures because this is the very interesting thing. And I'm just going to go ahead and say this. The great irony in the way that this is often framed is that people say, I've got the Holy Spirit and I've got my Bible. I'm good to go. They then are living in inherent contradiction to what the Holy Spirit has said in the word itself. 
And so we should consult the word that the Holy Spirit of God inspired if we're going to understand how the Spirit himself will grow us in the faith. I'm just going to go ahead and say that now, and I'm sure that this will be entertaining. At least I think it will. I think we're in an entertaining kind of mood, John. So go ahead. Well, I'll just, here's an illustration. Here's an illustration. I don't cook, uh, but I know how to make like scrambled eggs and I know how to make pancakes. That's about it. But, um, and I'm I'm always up for learning. I'm not below that. So it's shame, just, shame. Know. We know your name. <laughs> actually, I can now. cook a really mean steak. I will I will tell mm. you that. I'm actually mm. really good at that. Anyways, um, but Justin, that's like to say, well, I've got all the ingredients and I've got the stove and I've got the instruction book. I'm good to go. And true, true, if you actually follow the instructions so to true. the letter. So true. If you don't, whatever you're gonna cook. May not come out like you think it's going to come out. (laughs) And so what's interesting about cooking, my wife always tells me, baking is a science. You have to follow it. Cooking, on the other hand, is an art. And I uh, I agree with that. Yeah. So, you know, whenever I cook steak, she's always nervous because it's very artistic for me. I'll try different oils and I'll try different butters and different flavors. But when you go to bake, it's like you can't like, I think I'm going to try more baking soda than less this time. You know, it's like it's not going to try. And we do this with scripture. We assume that, oh, no, we're good. I'll just I'll just apply it how I think it should be applied. And then we wonder why there is so much confusion in the world today. And that is because we didn't actually follow scriptures to the letter. And it is intended. It is an inspired document. The Holy Spirit intended us as followers of scripture to follow all of scripture, not some of it, all of it. And if you don't follow all of it, then you're going to get it wrong, period. And so that's what the conversation is about today. We 100% agree with the statement but guess who wrote the Bible, Justin? Oh, I the, think I already said that. The Holy yeah, Spirit. The Holy Spirit. I mean, who, inspired men who were carried right. along by the Holy Spirit to write the scriptures. All right. We've been snarky. Let's get into it. Man alive. <laughs> I mean, where where do we want to start? I mean, well, I think I would like to start in, I think, one of the biggest uh, uh, promise passages. Um, go for it. Ephesians 4. Uh, that's where I was. That's yeah. the first one I got listed. There you that's go. Why, there you go. Ephesians fine. 4. And I, because I think it's so clear. This is talking about the unity of the Spirit. And so this whole section, so chapters 1 through 3, he's talking about the gospel and how one is empowered by the Spirit and is in union with Christ by means of the Spirit and how we have great assurance of that. Ephesians 4, walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, right? And so now we've been called by the power of the Spirit who's indwelling us, who's now causing us to do these works. So this whole section from... Uh, four through six uh, is dealing with spiritual warfare and spiritual empowerment. That's how I understand this for the sake of unity within the body of Christ. The whole book of Ephesians is about a unity. If you're not unified in Christ, then you're divided and the war is over. We've lost, right? So the, this is why he says, um, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. And he means by that, it's not individual sins. That's causing a grieving of an individual. Don't tear spirit. the body apart with how you speak. That's right. So we're going to deal with this particular section And uh, the way I approach it is this. There are promises from the Spirit through the illumination of Paul as he writes it in his pen. There are promises from the Spirit of what we can expect if we properly use the text. So, Justin, I'll let the two of us can walk through this text together. 
Uh, so we'll start with verse 11, and we can kind of just ping-pong this back and forth. But he begins, so this whole section, he's talking about unity, one faith, one baptism. We're unified in one. Mm-hmm. And so because of this, he goes, here's instructions on how to guarantee the power of the Spirit in your assembly, in your congregation, in your local gathering. So yeah. he says, he, verse 11. Well, I mean, uh, you can start even with verse 7. Sure. Yeah, go ahead. You start in verse 7. Well, well I, I think there in verse 7, we have a general statement about all the saints. Yeah, that's But true. grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. So this is one of the references of several that's right. as to the fact that Christians are gifted by the Spirit for the edification of the body of Christ. Amen. There's language like this in Romans. There's language like this in 1 Corinthians and other places. Mm-hmm. Right. So we can begin there. And we're going to just skip over Paul's citation of Psalm 68 because if we if we talk about it, I'm just going to end up getting really worked up over how Paul understood the Old Testament <laughs> and how he would have gotten an F in a seminary class these days in, in a hermeneutics course, and we don't need that for right now. No, we don't. Uh, so then moving on, yes, to verse 11, John. Yeah, that's a good point, and I completely forgot about that section. So verse 7 is saying, the Spirit, praise be right. to his name, comes, praise be to God, comes, and he gives all of us gifts. Yeah. Gives grace to all of us. Right. So it's gifts. supernatural power, which we're Amen. super thankful for. And how does this supernatural power function? Well, in, yeah. in one of the ways, he's going to be talking about growth and protection. And how does he guarantee growth and protection? Look at verse 11. So he, the Holy Spirit, as he's bringing these gifts of grace, he gave the apostles, the prophets, evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers. So let's stop for a moment, just for the sake of clarity. Apostles are one who are trained by Christ and lived with Christ. They're now yeah, commissioned, commissioned directly by Jesus to yep. write and speak, to establish the church, and were right. I had eyewitness encounters with the resurrected so Christ. No longer apostles yep. and prophets. I mean, John the Baptist would be the last prophet that we are aware of. And then we're talking about evangelists, those who proclaim the good news of the gospel. And then you have shepherds and teachers. So he's saying these are what the Holy Spirit has given, and what is the purpose of their gift? Excuse me. To equip the saints for the work of ministry. So that's one. They're it's equipping center, it's equipping ministry. And number two, their responsibility is to build up the body of Christ. Okay, so to what? What are they building them up in? They're building them up into this until we all mm-hmm. attain the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God yeah. to mature manhood to the measures and the statutes and the fullness of Christ. What's the result we're looking for? What's the what what are we trying to combat? What's the negative side of this? So that we are no longer children, immature in the faith, tossed to and fro by the waves that are carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunningness, which woo, we see a lot of that today and in Paul's day, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. So he's saying the power of the spirit gifted to the structure of the church by means of these men are to be equipping the saints so that they aren't tossed about by these mm-hmm. bad doctrines. Verse 15, rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up into every way, into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joint and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, again, empowered by the Spirit, these gifts of grace, when each part is working properly, causes the body to grow, right? Builds itself up, so builds itself up in love. That's another way of saying that. So, yes, I completely agree that the Spirit will lead us into all truth if, if we obey the Word of God. 
The Spirit promises to do His work when we obey His word. If we do not obey His word, you do not have the guarantee of Him leading you into Uh, all truth. 100% agree. And and in particular, to obey Ephesians 4 is to live life in the corporate body of Christ. It is to have a church that is arranged according to the Scriptures Mm. with gifted men to pastor, to shepherd, to teach that congregation of believers and to equip them to do the work of ministry so that we all together with their various gifts, having been equipped with sound teaching, can now do the work of building one another up in the Lord Jesus Christ unto maturity and knowledge of the Son of God and the like. So that's critical. Yeah, And I mean, even I'm going to rewind a little bit further in the book of Ephesians just for a brief observation. Please do. In Ephesians chapter 2, like whenever we start to talk about the Holy Spirit and how the Spirit will lead us into all truth and minister to us, we always tend to think of this in individual terms. And we, we are right to understand that the Holy Spirit, via our union with Christ, that the Spirit indwells us individually. That's true mm-hmm. because of our union with Christ. But there is also very gripping language about the corporate indwelling of the Spirit in the people of God. Mm-hmm. And in Ephesians chapter 2, you see that, that through Jesus, Ephesians 2, 18 and following, for through him, through Jesus, we both have access in one spirit to the Father, that's Jew and Gentile. So then you are no longer to the Gentiles, strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him, you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. Mm. So there is this very clear, it's a, it's a corporate emphasis. It's we together as the church, as we're built by the power of God through Christ, the Spirit indwells us, and we are being built into a dwelling place for the Lord himself. So the Lord is with us and communes with us in very unique ways when we are gathered together because we together are being built into his dwelling place. And that's a significant observation. It it dovetails beautifully with Ephesians 4 mm-hmm. that the Spirit of God ministers uniquely through the body of Christ collective. And if we're not thinking in these terms and arranging our lives in these ways, with all due respect, we are neglecting the word that the Spirit inspired. That's right. I'll give another example where the Spirit has guaranteed you something to lead you into truth. <laughs> this one's going to get me in trouble. But this is Hebrews 13, 17. Obey your leaders and submit to them. Why? For they are keeping watch over your souls. As those who will give an account, let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. Right? Again, Holy Spirit inspired, wrote the book of Hebrews, and in this writing, he's saying, first of all, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves as such as you were doing. Consider, this is also in Hebrews, uh-huh. consider daily how to build one another up that you weren't hardened by the deceitfulness of sin, also by yeah. the Holy Spirit, and make sure that you are letting these men guide you and direct you because they are the ones who are watching up for your soul, also inspired by the Holy Spirit. So uh, this is where I agree. If you are using the word of God rightly, then he will lead you into all truth. If you ignore it, you will be duped. All right. And it's not the Holy Spirit's fault. It's your fault. 
You already said Hebrews. I'll go ahead and go here. Hebrews yeah. 10, 23 to 25. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful. Mm. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. So there's a clear, clear exhortation that we are to to gather and meet together and to exhort and stir up one another. Colossians chapter 2, very similar to Ephesians 4, just one verse, Colossians 2, 19. Paul is talking about those who would disqualify the Colossian Christians with all kinds of additional standards and asceticism and, and mysticism, all kinds of things going on there. But he says of those people that they are not holding fast to the head, who is Jesus, And then this is what he says, from whom, so from Christ, the whole body nourished and knit together through its joints and ligaments grows with a growth that is from God. So, wow. Like, again, it's the body of Christ. Yes. (laughs) Now that's a a promise. (laughs) The body of Christ clinging to the head, right? We cling to one another as we all cling to Christ. And the growth that we experience together is from the Lord himself. Amen. So again, yeah, the Spirit of God will grow us, He'll mature us, He'll sanctify us, He'll teach us, He'll do all of those things, but He's going to do it the way He said He would do it. And I was going to say this now, to say that we need pastors and teachers, to say that we need the church, to say that we need the fellowship of the saints, and that we need the sacraments and discipline of the church and all of these things is not a slap in the face to the Holy Spirit, because He is the one who said we need them. He's the one who inspired the Word and said, you need this. That's right. So it's insane that we would pit those things against each other as though, well, I've got the word and I've got the spirit. So I'm going to go rogue. Not that we say it that way, but I'm me yeah. by, you know, me and my scripture or, you know, me by myself, I can be the determiner of what faithfulness to Christ looks like. And I can come to right conclusions about doctrine on my own as I search the scriptures. Really not good. If I may, Let's just go. I already said you search the scriptures. Acts seventeen. What about the Bereans, brother, who <laughs> who were searching the scriptures? All right. Yeah. Well, well, let's look at Acts seventeen. That's right. Come on. Because this is a very interesting observation to make. I'll just read it. This is Acts seventeen, beginning in verse ten. The brothers immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night to Berea, and when they arrived, they went into the Jewish synagogue. Now, these Jews were more noble than those in Thessalonica. They received the word with all eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see if these things were so. A couple of observations. First, not our main point, interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Paul, Paul and Silas go into Jewish synagogues to preach the gospel of Jesus. And these people receive that word with gladness, but they search the scriptures to determine if they're so. Those scriptures they're searching, by the way, Old Testament scriptures. So they're looking at the Old Testament to determine if this message about Jesus Christ is legit or not. That's cool. And uh, because a lot of people would not think that. Mm -hmm. But then the thing that we want to observe today is, all right, how were these people examining the scriptures and evaluating the proclamation they were hearing? Were they doing it in isolation? Don't think so. (laughs) They were doing it together. It's very clear this was a corporate exercise where they together were looking at the word and discussing it. And trying to discern whether or not the gospel being preached to them was legitimate according to the Hebrew scriptures. Mm. And man, that's very different than the way that's often presented. Like, oh, well, I by myself, you know, I'm going to like listen to a sermon audio on my own with my Bible open and I'm going to discern what's true or not. Or I'm going to sit by myself and critique the preaching I'm sitting under because I'm going to be a good Berean. 
It's like, no, we are wanting right. to be good Bereans and evaluate what we're hearing and what we're being taught, the doctrine that we're sitting under according to the scriptures, yeah. we. And the difference between what we're saying and the and what Rome says is that Rome says that they have the only power of interpretation and only authority of interpretation, and the authority rests with the church, not with the Word of God. We're seeing the exact opposite. We're seeing the authority rests with the Word of God, Amen. not the church. And because it rests with the Word of God, that's where we see the function of the church. There's a difference. We are not saying elders have authority. We are not saying the church has authority other than what Scripture has already granted to it. Exactly. Right. And God has granted that right. in his Does that make sense? Yeah. But I understand there's a, re, there's a reluctance and a pushback against saying, well, this sounds like Roman Catholicism, guys. Like, I'm just a, I am to blindly submit to you and to no. the church. No. Let me quote to you First John, right? First John 4, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into yeah. the world. Well, how do you test them? You have to use the word of God. But what's interesting right. is that John's not writing to individuals. He's writing to the collective church saying, you right. together use the word of God. So this is why we believe that the word of God, like this is why I think a confession is so important, Justin, is mm-hmm. that someone says, well, what do you believe about? What do you confess to be true about God's word? And we slap it down on the table saying, here, examine us. Um, this is why I think the Holy Spirit's and his wisdom and excellence and perfection also gave us strong rules for who are the teachers, right? Yeah. Strong rules. Not many of you should be teachers because you're going to be a stronger Strong. examination of what you're doing. Here's what the life of a teacher should look like. Here's what the capacity of a teacher should look like. Here's what the knowledge of a teacher should look like, right? And this is why when he says to submit to them, and multi, not just Peter talks about submitting to our leaders, Paul talks about submitting, and not only that, why there's a plurality of elders, because then the elders who are leading keep themselves accountable to each other, right? Mm -hmm. So there's not one rogue guy who's just going to go out and be a... Typically, when you see false teachers, Justin, you don't see them in collective groups of multiples because they can't tend to agree. You see typically see one guy leading the way. Can we just say like Joseph Smith, you know, Mary Baker Eddy, and we could keep going down the list of these false teachers who kind of just lead people off into whatever it is that they're teaching. All of them claiming to be using the power of the Spirit and all Mm -hmm. of them claiming to be rightly dividing the Word of God. So this, yes, it's nuanced, it's complicated, but I, I, my encouragement to anybody who says, I don't need the church, and I don't believe I need the church because I have the Holy Spirit and I have my Bible— I'm just going to encourage you to use that same tactic mm-hmm. and actually go read these passages we're telling. And you need to ask yourself, if you truly believe in the Holy Spirit and you truly believe in God's word, can you accurately trust that you are obeying it and ignore those sections of scripture? I That's don't think right. you can. Yeah, Not in good conscience and obedience to the Lord. You cannot. If you're new to Theocast, we have a free ebook available for you called Faith versus Faithfulness, a Primer on Rest. And if you've struggled with legalism, a lack of assurance, or simply want to know what it means to live by faith alone, we wrote this little book to provide a simple answer from a Reformed confessional perspective. You can get your free copy at theocast.org slash primer. In terms of you know, the role of teachers and what we're entrusted with, perhaps, and, and even how, uh, like, what is it, what does it look like, guys, for a, there to be a healthy environment where we're being led into all truth by the Holy Spirit? Well, we're not coming up with anything new. I mean, we are 
taking our cue from the apostles. And we talk a lot about the apostolic patterns here. But for example, I mean, think about the words of Paul to Titus in Titus 1 and verse 9, talking about qualifications for a man who'd be an overseer. He must hold firm to the trustworthy word as taught. So again, there's taught there that he like there's a there's a trustworthy word that's been taught by the apostles and it's passed down. This is Jude three, right? The faith once for all delivered to the saints. So he must hold firm to the trustworthy word as taught so that he may be able to give instruction in sound doctrine and also to rebuke those who contradict it. So needs to be able to teach the truth. The faith once for all delivered to the saints, the trustworthy word as taught, or to use the language of 1 Timothy 6, the pattern of sound words that you learned from me, Paul would say, right? So we're going to speak those sound words, the trustworthy word as taught, the faith once for all delivered to the saints, and we need to be able to contradict those and, re- excuse me, rebuke those who would contradict that kind of teaching. Wow. That's what, strong go ahead. language. Very Rebuke strong. those who get it wrong, which means there are people who get it wrong, sure. Justin. Like that, that's what's so fascinating to me. We both have the Holy Spirit. One of us got it right, one of us don't, and that means you're right. going to be rebuked for it. Right. If the Holy, if the promise was this, Justin, if the promise was everybody who had the Holy Spirit and had the Word gets it right, a lot of these requirements are not necessary. It's true, and the problem is we have a very poor understanding of sin and the corruption of the flesh, and the <laughs> fact that that affects all of our abilities to rightly see and understand, and so. We don't all agree because of sin in the world, and thereby we need the structures and the mechanisms that the Lord has given us. We need pastors and teachers. We need to the, we need the church. We need polity, church governance. Like these things actually matter. Yeah, you know, we need church discipline. We need the means of grace, the word and the sacraments of prayer and song. We need the fellowship of the saints. And if we don't have these things, we we really shouldn't have a lot of confidence, John, that we're going to be led into all truth. That's right. On our own somehow. Well, this is why, as elders, we, we don't need businessmen. That's right. We don't need administrators. We need defenders of the truth, right? Because they can't teach rightly and defend rightly if they don't understand rightly. So this is why I tell people, don't look at how the church has done it wrong and say, well, I don't want to do that because this is how the church has done it wrong. Look at what the Bible says and determine how you can do it right. And so if you're if you can look at the word of God and say I'm not in a church where these elders are rightly dividing God's word then go find a church that is. Right. That the, the solution no, the solution is not just to ignore those sections of the Bible. That that's foolishness. Agree. And I would say you know find a church where the gospel's preached, where the scriptures are preached, where the law and the gospel are rightly divided. Yeah. And it's in the spirit of a lot of the things that we've just been reading, but I I'm thinking of 1 John 1, the beginning of that letter. John says, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we've seen with our eyes. Now, he's talking about Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. Which we looked upon and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life. And we just did some episodes on First John, so people can go back. The life was made manifest, and we've seen it and testified to it and proclaimed to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and was made manifest to us. Mm-hmm. That which we have seen and heard, we proclaim also to you so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ, and we are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. Well, that's, again, what we're doing. We, we are stewards. We're conduits. We're vessels. We've been entrusted with these true things that have existed from the beginning, that have been revealed once and for all time through the apostles to the church. Mm-hmm. And so we're stewards of that, John, you and me. I mean, as, as pastors, that's what we do. And, and the Lord has ordained that it be this way. And we have the word. 
The word is our only infallible authoritative guide. We make appeal to it. Our confession has very clear language on these things. And at the same time, we have officers in the church that have been ordained and set apart for particular tasks that the Lord has said are good. And then we grow in the body together as we all cling to one another and as we all cling to Christ mm. and we'll be led into all truth. I agree with you. And, and I mean, we're not trying to rebuke anybody here. Uh, we're not trying to be unnecessarily punchy. But if you want to be a person of the word and you want to be a person of the spirit, which we trust you do, or you wouldn't be listening to a show like this, then like John said, I mean, read your scriptures and evaluate whether or not you can live on your own apart from the church and be obedient to them. Because I don't think you can be. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, when I even think about people who, yeah, there's just, it's a lot of danger. I'll just yeah. put it that way. It's dangerous. Um, that doesn't. So the word of God does not change. Okay. It can't, can't change, but uh, how it influences your life can change because if you don't use the word of God, this goes back to my cooking illustration. If you don't do it correctly, you aren't going to get the results you're looking for. That's right. And I just see a lot of people being tossed about by all kinds of doctrine and all kinds of deceitful schemes. I'm, I'm watching it before my very eyes. I was just on a podcast. I don't know when it's coming out, maybe out by now, but um, this podcast is the whole design of it is to expose false teaching because she used to be a medium and she used to literally believe that she was talking to the angels on behalf and whatever, but it, it's a great podcast now because it's what is exposing is just how many crazy teachings that is out there. And Justin, you and I are trying to expose this as well. Uh, but the thing about, where I, you know, the the reason why we had this conversation ahead of time, and I, I want to get to this now, is that there is a lack of trust for the church, rightfully so. And there's a lack of trust for leadership, rightfully so, because it's been abused and it's been misused. And because of that, it has influenced our perspective of God's word. Justin and I, we just want to say, don't blindly go in and trust a church and elders. That is not what we're saying. But to, to reject this section of scripture is, I think, disobedience, and it's sinful to do so. So we need to look at all of scripture and apply all of scripture if we want the promises of scripture. And I, I going back to the truth, the Spirit will lead us into truth. If we accept all of the truth, if we reject mm -hmm. some of the truth, we do not have that guarantee. We have to accept all of it. This is why it says you must teach all that has been faithfully handed down, not some of it. <laughs> you have to teach all of it. So I, I just want to encourage and challenge people who think that the sufficiency of their Christian life can be based upon their personal reading outside of a collective group of reading. I'm, I'm going to say this, under-trained, yeah. qualified, examined men. That is the design of the Holy Spirit. Those aren't my words. Those are the Spirit's words through the means of Paul. Men who are qualified, examined, and not carte blanche authority, you are looking at the Word of God as they teach it too to make sure, sure that it's aligning. So sure. it's not blind faith in, in, in that you don't you could just go in and not. No, we look at Scripture together. The Word of God is always the authority. <laughs> Last maybe comment or two for me. We've done episodes lately on authority gone wrong. Yeah. And so we're sympathetic to that, you know, that authority has been abused in the church and that has burned a lot of people and mm. has only thrown gasoline on the fire of the inherent distrust we all have for authority. So that's not helpful. And we understand that. So I agree with everything John said there. We recently also released an episode called, I just believe the Bible, which mm. is on biblicism, but it's relevant here because a lot of people will read the scriptures, again, having the spirit, I'm reading the Bible, will draw a lot of conclusions that are aberrant. And that's not a new thing. 
like you said, I mean, there are a lot of people that through, through history have just been reading the Bible and have come up with some very crazy stuff. And, uh, we discuss a lot of that on that episode, so I'm not going to rehash all of it, but for our conversation today, you studying the scriptures in the context of a healthy church where you're sitting under sound preaching, you understand that sound preaching is teaching you how to understand the Bible. That's right. So you're going to be a better, you're going to be better equipped to handle the scriptures in a smaller group setting or individually if you're sitting under good teaching. And if you're having regular conversation with other saints who are submitting to this same doctrine about the scriptures, and you're going to be protected and safeguarded from a million errors that people have made before that you don't know about just because you're, you're just unaware, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's good to be sitting under sound teaching. And yep. it's also good, as we've said many times on the show, to be in a context where there are good theological structures and frameworks and where the leadership of your church and where your church as a whole appreciates the history of the church and the history of interpretation and something called the rule of faith, because there are sound words and trustworthy teaching that's been handed down through the centuries. We're not saying anything new. And these are the things we encourage one another in. Amen. I mean, just to quote one last passage, Colossians 3.16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. So the the power of the Spirit can't work unless we have the truth of the word, right? The truth of the word is in the power of the Spirit. So then Paul says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, because then the Spirit can do his work. And how does he do this? By teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom and singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your heart toward God's point of it is, that's a communal receiving of God's word. It's a corporate exercise. That's right. That's right. Well, uh, what a great conversation. We have much more we'd like to say. We did a double dip today, which means our time is a little bit shorter. We're going to do something different. Uh, we always do a second podcast for those who partner with our ministry. We have a ministry called Semper Reformanda. And in that ministry, it's for those who would like to help support what we do so that we can do more podcasts and books and interviews and conferences and blah, blah, blah. All that stuff. All that good stuff. <laughs> And if you'd like to learn more about this second podcast, it's called Semper Reformanda, and an app where we hop in there and do all kinds of fun Q&As and conversations, today's SR is going to be different. We normally continue the conversation, but there have been a lot of com- a lot of questions coming our way in the app, so we're going to take some time to answer those questions uh, specifically in the second podcast that we have. So we hope this is encouraging for you. We hope you've enjoyed the last few episodes that we have. We've got some new stuff coming your way, some uh, topics we haven't necessarily covered yet with some new podcasts coming your way. It's not official yet, so we'll announce it once it's official, uh, but we do have our Everyday Grace five days a week you can listen to that on youtube or podcast thank you guys we'll see you next week